Hello everyone out there in Spooky Barber Land. How are y'all doing today? We are back in full swing this month. You're going to be seeing a lot from us, from new conspiracy episodes, murders, mysteries. Um, gonna do a couple movie reviews, possibly. I don't know, still thinking about that one. Hopefully, Brianna and I will be actually able to get together and do maybe even some visual stuff for you guys on a YouTube channel that her and I are talking about making. Um, so there's a bunch of exciting things coming in the coming month of spooky season of October. Um, we're also trying to work on talking with a few people that worked at Frightland and other places and just kind of get their viewpoint from like behind the scenes. Um, so yeah, today we're actually going to get started with a little bit of keeping with the cartoon conspiracies of what our favorite childhood shows got ruined. <laughs> um, most of these theories are, again, fan theories. None of them have actually been confirmed, um, but it's just something to have some fun with. So today, originally, I was just going to do Courage, the Cowardly Dog, all by himself, but I decided since I was looking around and I was like, wow, there are a lot of dog cartoons that we were um, grew up with in the 90s and the 2000s. Um, so today we're going to be touching on Courage the Cowardly Dog, Scooby-Doo, and also Ren and Stimpy. <laughs> Sit back, relax, and let's get started. So to start off, we're going to begin with the Ren and Stimpy saga, which most of you know, it, it had its ups and downs when it was even created in the first place. Um, and the worst part about it is there's actually some really dark truth behind a lot of conflict with uh, the show in general. Um, it shows creator was found in the middle of a Me Too scandal and all this other fun stuff. Well, not really fun, but disturbing stuff. Um, mostly what I found was all part of the New York Post. It is an article that, you know, was legitimately done. It also... It, it, it also kind of reaches in with the documentary called Happy Happy Joy Joy The Ren and Stimpy Story, which was a Sundance film released in 2020. So I guess let's go ahead and get into this. So the show's creator, John Chris, Chris Falsey, hopefully I said that right, he uh, was actually known to have this horrible temper and attitude and anger behind him. Um, he was known to destroy artwork that was created by other artists that worked for him. And if it was something he didn't like or if they toned it down at all, he would just rip it up and destroy it and then go and lock himself in his office for hours, like recreating it and trying to make it like push the limits. Um, which, I mean, kind of sucks. The work was already done. You already had all these people doing all this work and you're just going to sit there and go, nope, I'm just going to destroy it and redo it. Um, one of his co-workers had actually described him as a Hitler type. Um, they basically said that if he didn't like something or if they toned it down too much, that they would get, quote-unquote, catch a beating. Um, from what I could tell, they didn't really go into what that meant. It just, that had to suck. I mean, I wouldn't want to work for somebody who's, like, going to threaten to hit me and whatnot. Like, no, sorry, that's just a clear way to get decked on your own <laughs> his obsession led to delays in 
going well over budget by, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. When season two finally was delivered to the TV exec, Vanessa Coffee, it was basically the way it was described was it was very violent. Um, and the episode was called A Dog's Best Friend. And it was basically rejected. John then snapped on Vanessa saying very unsavory things to her. Like she could go F herself. She uh, she was nothing. He made the company. He was the company. Um, this actually led to him being fired from the show. Uh, where he actually was also the voice of Ren as well for the um, season two and in 1995 ren and stimpy was canceled in an article by buzzfeed in 2018 john had found himself on the opposite side of the hashtag me too movement the documentary also brings it up as well and that's where it actually starts to take a more serious uh, turn where it is brought up that um krakowski had sexual relationships when he was 42 with two girls both under the age of 18 um since we didn't actually reach out to them i'm not going to put any of their names out or any of the information um just the one did state that he pretty much terrorized her and ruined her loving ren and stimpy forever because of what he did to her um even though Krakowski basically said, yes, he admitted that, you know, she was young and he, he should have known better. She just made it too convincing, was his exact words. So the last thing that I'm going to go on about with Red and Stimpy for this episode, it's a creepy pasta that was made up. Um, it kind of took a life of its own with fans. And it's about a forgotten slash banned episode of Ren and Stimpy called My Poor Stimpy. Um, it basically begins with the theme song with a few different oddis- like oddities with it. Uh, it says that there's a 10 second period of blackness and silence before the song started up. Uh, it was just as lively as usual with colors looking more dull than before. Um, pretty much the song ends the show card appears but on that show card it's literally just ren um the title does say the ren and stimpy show but you don't see stimpy on it at all um during the episode begins they're you know outside of their home focusing on the mailbox the colors are much darker um ren runs through the door to the mailbox and pulls out this large package he gets really excited you know with the comical sniffing all over the box and just starts shouting in joy but there's no audio there's no dialogue for ren there's nothing it there's just this music um and of course the sound effects that you hear with it so he runs inside really excited and he tears through the package and removes this autographed vinyl record um, you obviously can't read the autograph on it, um, but, you know, that is what it is. Uh, it shows him then placing this record in a display case over the mantle, and then we finally get our first glimpse of Stimpy. Stimpy now comes into frame, but he looks like he's been abused, like bruised, black and blue, but he still is dopey and happy usual self. Um, then words come up, and it says... Stimpy says to Ren, gee, Ren, that's one fancy record. Ren turns around and starts yelling at Stimpy, 
but the problem is there's still no vo- no voice for Ren. Um, but, you know, he's like, he seems really mad, really angry. He whispers something into, Stim- um, into Stimpy's ear after he punches him in the stomach, way more gruesome, and then pushes him to the ground and walks to his bedroom. Stimpy peers at the record, looking like really sad and like starts crying. Um, the scene ends and fades to black. And then it says that, like, the next scene begins with Ryan sitting at the table, reading a newspaper. Stimpy is outside playing baseball when all of a sudden the baseball crashes through the window, barely missing the record. Um, Stimpy then comes in and tries to carefully retrieve the ball, you know, trying not to piss off Ren. But on his way down, he actually slips, bringing down the record with him, and the record shatters. Uh, Ren then enters the room pretty much with a pissed off look on his face there's no music at this point there's actually no sound at all except for a low pitch humming um ren does this back and forth look at stimpy looking at the record then looking back and that this is where the episode just becomes too strange to ignore ren's eyes become extremely small like kind of sunken into his head his lips starts like quivering with anger and he began to make a strange choking and hacking throat noise um his actually his first sounds of the episode at all um stimpy then you know is cowering in the corner looking like really terrified and scared um and it's not the same comical anger that we've seen from ren before in other episodes it's just morbid um it then states that the screen slowly zooms in on his face as the humming grows louder and after about 45 seconds the screen fades to black again the final scene then begins and it is Ren sitting in his chair only illuminated by the light of the TV um the TV was turned to was tuned to the muddy mud skipper show the camera again panned to Ren's face he looks sleep deprived like he hasn't been sleeping let you know that kind of like dead skull look where you know your eyes are so sunken and you can't really see um and as the camera's glued to his face, another strange sound begins to, like, rise up in the back. This time, it's a low, unsettling rumbling noise. Um, about 30 seconds later, Ren finally blinks. And the first line of the episode that he actually hear is him saying in a very low voice, this was his favorite show. The camera then pans to the right and reveres a large black lump behind Ren's chair. Um, the camera then apparently slowly moves in on the big black lump after a good few minutes. Color illuminates the shaping blob, and it is actually Stimpy's body was lying on the floor on its side, uh, rounded by shards of broken glass and smashed record pieces. His fur was mangled, dirty, and while his hand was laid over his ear, he was faced away from the camera with something written on his back. Um, it said that the image was drawn in a realistic way that Krafalsi uh, tended to animate certain scenes. Ren began to weep uncontrollably in his chair. The TV shut off, leaving only the sound of Ren sobbing for several minutes before the, fa- the episode ends fading to black. Um, again, it was supposedly... It's a creepy pasta. It never actually aired. It was never actually something that was done. Somebody made this up, and they did a really good job with it. Um, 
they go on to say in the, in this creepypasta that the episode was pulled from the air immediately and the show was discontinued. Um, and that John had said that my poor Stimpy was just an animated project and was not the episode that he intended to show. Um, but it's funny because they say this in that this happened in 2004 and at the beginning of the creepypasta it goes into like them telling him that if he doesn't create more episodes immediately he was going to be fired and then at the end it literally says uh he was fired from Nickelodeon and this, this happened in 2004 but yet in actuality I'm wondering if this was based off of the season two episode that was too disturbing um that actually got him fired to begin with I'm wondering if that's what people are trying to just say oh this is the episode that um we just didn't get to see next up in our dog cartoon theories is courage the cowardly dog um this is actually three different theories they're very short um and so i'm just gonna kind of like read them off to you and then we'll actually finish off the episode with the scooby-doo theories Alrighty, so theory one is that courage is Cerberus and that the middle of nowhere is actually hell. Muriel represents mankind and Eustace is basically Hades. Um, all the villains that courage thwarts are actually demons and other beings from hell who are trying to escape and that they're trying to like wreak havoc on Muriel who is aka mankind. Um, in the in the show itself, Courage alters his body multiple times, um, sometimes using multiple heads to give Muriel warnings. And Muriel does also state in the show that she does see Courage with more he- with more heads at certain periods of time. Um, theory number two is that the whole show is from a dog's perspective, um, and that all the monsters and the villains are actually normal people. But because Muriel and Eustace are very elderly, they never take courage out to walk out for walks. So when people come over, they're monsters to him because he doesn't see people. He lives on a far like on the on a farm still, but nobody visits. So when people do show up, he's scared of them all the time and thinks that they're there to hurt his family because he just doesn't know any better. Um, and then theory three um, is actually one that I personally believe because it it makes a lot of sense um and it is the puppet theory um at the end of season one um it's actually part of the little muriel and the great fusili episode um but it's the great fusili portion that we're focusing on during that episode you see muriel and eustace turned into puppets like legit full-on strings down wooden become wooden have the little like um pivots in their arms and in their knees and in their joints and they become Fusili's puppets um later on at the end of the episode after Quaritch thwarts him Muriel and Eustace never get turned back into humans and you see as disturbing as it is you've got courage literally manipulating them throughout the entire rest of the episode where he's throwing the voices out he's scaring himself with the mask just to make it seem real and he always says the things I do for love well it's because he loves them so much that he can't bear to be without them um and that it says it that this theory basically says like he just can like every episode from the end of season one on is just all encourages mind and it's like 
delusional from sleep deprivation, de um, dehydration, starvation, and all that other stuff. And it's, it's really horrible, but I mean, I can see where it could make a lot of sense that theory three is a possibility. So now we move on to the final couple theories that I've come across all by Reddit users and a couple uh, other random fan sites that I found. Um, so the first theory that I'm going to touch on is the Shaggy being a wizard theory. Um, this was posted on Reddit, uh, I want to say in 2016, 2017, somewhere around there. And it's basically just exactly what it's what it sounds like is that they're claiming that Shaggy is a wizard because only him and his pal Scooby do like random supernatural magical-esque type things um where Shaggy is seen levitating you know the random running through doors it's always every time they run through a door they pop up in a coming out of a different door it's all because of Shaggy and it, it's a little far-fetched but here we are um also, in Scooby-Doo and the Goblin King, a magical creature does actually refer to Shaggy as a wizard, so I guess that's where they were going with that. I personally don't think I believe with that a uh, lot. Theory number two is that Scooby is actually a Soviet Russian space program dog. He was part of a real-life Soviet uh, space program where they wanted to work on dog intelligence over... Um, you know, sending humans into space. They wanted to send dogs instead to do all the research. That way no human life was um, lost. The space program is pretty much, they spent three years in space from 1957 to 1960. Um, when he came back, Scooby escaped with the help of a sympathizing a sympathizer scientist to the USA. And that somehow, they don't really get into like their theory of how Shaggy knows the scientist, but somehow Shaggy gets uh, Scooby willed to him when the scientist dies. Um, I mean, slightly far-fetched, but okay. Um, but that explains supposedly why he knows such good English and why he can talk so well is because he spent, you know, three years in space. I don't know. It doesn't make too much sense to me, but it is what it is. Theory three I've heard a lot about, um, which is basically that the Scooby gang are draft dodgers on their way to Canada. Um, and basically what this means is that the gang was pretty much, they were living drifters. Um, you know, you had Shaggy who was the, the hippie with his best friend, with his dog. Uh, Fred is that suburban kid whose draft number came up. They didn't want really to go to the draft. Daphne is Fred's fiance who supported his decision not to go and that Velma is just the classic anti-war activist and, and they're all trying to avoid getting drafted and sent to Vietnam um, and they pretty much just say that they're solving mysteries as a diversion on like their way getting to Canada um, and just I, I don't know basically trying to escape being sent overseas and dying which is I mean a horrible thing to think of like when you when you really sit back and think of it but um you know I mean that's kind of what they're they're saying is that oh this is all during Vietnam which I mean it kind of somewhat makes sense because of when the original error came out but I, I, I don't 
I don't know how well I believe that theory either. So this last theory that I'm going to touch on is actually the darkest theory of them all, which is basically the Scooby gang are all dead. Like all the humans are dead and that uh, Scooby is actually a demon who is sent to watch over them and punish them in purgatory. Um, you know, their, their t- crimes, uh, them solving mystery is basically them trying to atone for their sins of what they did as humans. Um, and as horrible as this sounds, I mean, it, it gets really in depth and, um, it's funny cause they even reference the 2018 release of Scooby Natural where you see Scooby-Doo enter, well, Supernatural enter the world of Scooby-Doo. Um, but in this theory, it says that a quote unquote unaccredited writer states that, um, each one of them has their own reason why they're in purgatory. Uh, Fred was a womanizing, bullying psychopath. Daphne is vain and that she uses sex to get what she wants. Velma was too interested in academics to really pay much attention to her family and friends. And that Shaggy was a junkie who died of an overdose. Um, and again, they're also touching on the draft dodger thing with uh, Shaggy as well. Um, they also state that, you know, uh, it could explain why they never change clothes, really. They're always, like, even throughout all the different decades that you we've seen them, that it's very much uh, always the same. Um, but the Scooby Natural release, actually, they say, has a purgatory theory's merit to it. Um, it's when you see Sam and Dean Winchester transported into the world of Scooby-Doo. And, I mean considering how many times they wind up in hell and everywhere it's not too much of a leap to suggest that them going into the scooby world was actually them going into uh purgatory i mean i i don't i don't know i i guess i could kind of touch on that because you do see the winchesters go into purgatory multiple times even though their purgatory is a lot less um colorful (laughs) um but also the other thing that you end up looking at which i always found interesting was in the show scooby natural they were talking a lot about how it's always somebody it's always somebody in a in a mask it's always somebody in a mask well in scooby natural they literally just go nope it's a ghost nope it's this nope it's that it's not a it's not a person it's not a human you die here you're dying for real and you know Velma's literally fighting with them going no 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 and then she has a breakdown (laughs) it's like the fourth wall like the I want to say the fourth wall just kind of dropped for her and she just has this full breakdown like okay if this isn't a human then what are we what are we what are we doing like and it kind of just shows like a blip of oh crap reality setting in for Velma that she's not living in the world she thought she was in and i mean that that theory kind of does make a little more sense than most i could honestly go on for hours um about each theory individually and i could even create separate episodes touching on every single theory that they have for scooby-doo because there's so many but the ones that i touched on are like the main top ones that everyone hears i mean we all know that everyone thinks and i mean it's kind of been proven that you know scooby and shaggy are legit stoners that's why they eat so much 
Fred is always the goody two shoes, charismatic, charismatic, charismatic. I cannot talk. <laughs> the charismatic leader of the group. You know, Daphne's so far stuck up his butt. She's what they would call a groupie. And then Velma just tags along as a third wheel. I mean, there's even the whole, uh, it's a religious cult type theory as well out there that, you know, the two women are always with Freddie because he's the leader. He's, you know, the main guy. But I, I don't know. I don't think... I, I like just one theory makes sense to me. There's a couple that were like, oh, well, you know, that kind of makes sense. But they've rechanged Scooby-Doo so many times over the years. Made it different. Changed styles. Did, you had the pup named Scooby. Then you have, you know, Scrappy-Doo. And I there's really no real theories that I could find on him as of yet. When I find, when I do find them, you guys will be like the first to know. Um, but yeah, that's kind of it for today. We touched on, you know, the horrible Ren and Stimpy thing, which, you know, a majority of what was said in the beginning is all literally truth um, that I had found in the New York Post. Um, and, you know, again, the documentary that it's just like, oh, wow, there was really a dark history behind this show that I don't think any of us as children really recognized. I have to say that Courage was the one that upset me the most because it was one of my favorite shows as a kid. Um... But looking back at it, it was probably one of the most disturbing shows aside from Invader Zim and um, The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy that were like the darker ones that I really loved. Um, who knows, I may touch on those a little later too. Um, and then lastly, you know, Scooby-Doo, we've all seen it, we've all heard it. Um, you know, every theory is fun to mess with but it's more entertaining to see how everyone can kind of fit little pieces in and out and uh, come up with these out of the box ideas and just hmm what ifs i mean if disney can do a show about what ifs i think uh, most of us can do what ifs about almost everything um so that's it for the day uh just to be giving a little bit of a preview for the rest of this month um, we are going to be getting back into our murders and um, the murders in history and the week of Halloween. There will be an upload every day about a murder in history that happened on Halloween or around Halloween. So thank you for sitting with me and listening in on this wonderful day. Hopefully your day is fantastic and you're having a happy spooky season so far. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear some more, or even if you just have some ideas of what you would like to see from us coming in the future, follow us on Facebook at the Spooky Barber Babes PC, or you can follow us on Instagram at the Spooky Barber Babes. See you next time.